Hello, everyone. This is Gary Naylor. It's a privilege to be with you at this time, and I'm looking forward to sharing some things that are actually a follow-up to the previous podcast titled 14-7 and 7. We've got another story to tell. I told my story in the last podcast how Yahweh uses the death of something or failure. It's the same thing, death, failure. He uses it in that it precedes that which will be success. If you would, it's the sowing and reaping principle. It's the same thing. And it certainly is the death principle. That's sowing and reaping. It's also seen in the two birds in Leviticus, where the first bird must die, and then the second bird is dipped in the blood of the first bird and released alive. And this is also seen in Ishmael and Isaac. They were both offspring from Abraham, but the first was to die, to be lost. When I say die, Ishmael didn't die, but it was loss. It was not the fulfillment. Abraham asked, isn't Ishmael sufficient? So he had to be rejected. He was the offspring of the bondwoman. But then you have the Isaac that is the miracle birth through Sarah. And he is the type of the fulfillment. Again, you sow one. And then the next one is the harvest. And what we're talking about here is, as I hope you can surmise, is the way of Yahweh. You know, it's one thing to read the scriptures and know all the stories. But it's another thing to come to understand the ways of Yahweh. It says concerning Moses, He knew his ways, Yahweh's ways. The sons of Israel, they knew his acts. There is a huge difference between knowing the ways of Yahweh and the acts of Yahweh. And when we talk about this principle where you have the two birds, the first dies and the second ascends alive, that is a way of Yahweh. I briefly mentioned at the opening of this podcast, that there was another story to tell. And I am certainly going to do that. You're going to find it most interesting and most helpful, and certainly quite revealing. This is a story about another bride brother. And as I was going through all of this in the preparation and understanding of that previous podcast, he was telling me some things about his life, and I've heard about him before. And as he once again unfolded this information, I told him, you know what's going on, don't you? His name is Tommy. I said, you know what's going on, don't you, Tommy? And he was amazed and very encouraged and hopeful with what he heard. But before I tell the story, I want to make sure we're real clear on this matter of the ways of Yahweh. And in the story that I tell you about this man, you're going to see that it is quite, quite affirming concerning what Yahweh is going to do today. 
But let's consider some of these examples of this two-bird testimony. Because this is a way of Yahweh. And he works it in lives and he's going to work it in the kingdom. But let's look at the garden. The garden started out perfect. It was perfect in every regard. It was good in the words of Yahweh. But of course, Adam and Eve sinned and they were kicked out of the garden. So first we see good, but then it turns in to evil. Now this is his way. It was designed to be this way. And what has to happen is that that seed testimony has got to be reversed so that evil then becomes good once again. So the kingdom of heaven, as you probably know, has been corrupted for 2,000 years. It was actually initially corrupted when the apostles selected Matthias as the 12th apostle to replace Judas. They missed it then. And you can look that up at rentupbride.com and see why. And another most interesting testimony concerning taking on the appearance of evil, it would be Tamar. I always wondered, why did she dress up like a prostitute? She had to put on the appearance of sin and corruption in order for the kingdom of God, if you would, to be fulfilled. In order that the promised offspring could be brought forth. So when Judah came up to her, the kingdom of God, if you would, Tamar, took on the appearance of being a prostitute. Why? Because she was a type of the church. The church becomes a prostitute. It has been a prostitute for 2,000 years, committing harlotry with the world. That was essential in the ways of Yahweh for good to come thereafter. You know, it's interesting that when a man lays with a woman and he deposits his seed in her, they are actually at that point both unclean. And they have to wash themselves and wait until evening before they're clean again. It's the same thing with the church. The church has been an unclean work for 2,000 years. At the evening, they could wash and be clean. And that's what we have to have today. This corrupt period of the kingdom of heaven that's been going on for 2,000 years must come to an end. And we be caught up into heaven, alive in these fleshly bodies, and there be born from above, being in heaven for 15 days. According to the pattern of Solomon's temple, that would be seven days of purification and then eight days of the Feast of Tabernacles. And whether it be the condition of the church or our personal condition, it's the same principle. These bodies that we are in, they are given to us by Satan. When the sperm, the serpent, is cast down to the egg, the earth. That's what we're living in. It's a wretched man. It's this body of death. It's our enemy. 
this loss is a first bird. And it has to, if you would, die. It's been dying for 6,000 years, even with kingdom man for 2,000 years. And we have to be caught up in the heaven and be transformed into the heavenly and be that second bird that ascends. You see, that second bird was dipped in the blood of the first bird and then ascended into heaven. That is what we have to have before the coming of Yeshua as Emmanuel. God with us. And just briefly, in reality, it's a thousand years too early. Christianity was supposed to be in the grave for 3,000 years. Peter was to deny him for three times. That's 3,000 years. But that time has to be cut short and we ascend alive into heaven. Now, I want to address another testimony before we get to this story that I want to make sure and share with you. But let's look at this whole matter of the number 40. We see 40 appearing throughout the scriptures, but let's look at some that are most obvious. Moses went up on Mount Sinai three different times for 40 days and 40 nights. In each case, when he went up the mountain, he could not be seen anymore because Yahweh's glory in a cloud covered him up. When he ascended up the mountain and into the clouds, prophetically, he was going into heaven. Do you see that? And he was up there for 40 days and 40 nights. One could ask, well, why did he not eat during 40 days or 40 nights? He didn't have any water either. Because when we ascend into heaven and get a body that's not of this earth, a new body, we won't need to eat or drink. That is why Moses did not take any food or water while he was up on the mountain. Because he was a prophetic type of what we enter into when we ascend alive. We will not eat or drink because our bodies are not of this earth. Two times he went up on the mountain for 40 days and 40 nights. Yahweh got angry with them and said, I'm not going to go in with you. The people repented. Moses asked Yahweh, I want to know your ways. Oh, I love that. I want to know your ways. Yahweh repented of what he was going to do. And he called Moses back up on the mountain a third like time, which would be the period of time that we're in now, if you would, three parts of the church. Yahweh has to have mercy, call us up into heaven. And when we come back down, we are glorified just as Moses testified when he came down this time with his face glowing, so much so that people couldn't even look at him. He had to cover the brilliance of his own face. So you see here that these 40-day periods were actually examples of a good 40. But then what happened? Did 40 remain good? No. They go into the wilderness. And how long were they in the wilderness? 40 years. And it was the great and terrible wilderness 
So we saw good concerning the 40, and then the 40 turns into evil. It's the same testimony when Yeshua went into the wilderness. This time, I mean, Yeshua couldn't go in for 40 years, but like Moses, he went into the wilderness for 40 days. And therein, he was tempted by Satan, by the devil. That's what we've known for 2,000 years. It has been the great and terrible wilderness for 2,000 years. And we have been tempted by and afflicted by the devil. But what has to happen is that this 40 has got to turn into eventual good again. Just like you have the Garden of Eden pure and then it's corruption, it's got to go back to pure. There has to be a restoration, a fulfillment of the good, and that is what we are looking at for the days before us. So, do you now see this as a way of Yahweh? Oh, indeed it is. Very much so. And in the podcast 14-7 and 7, I've stated how we have to do evil first, again, two birds, and it has to turn good. And the story that I'm getting ready to share with you right now is precisely that. And most importantly, most importantly, you're going to see that this brother's testimony is exactly what is happening to the bride. And that's why I'm so eager to share it with you. And I will say, the brother's given me the liberty to share any and all of it in any fashion that I need to. So just want to let you know that I have this gentleman's permission to share these things. And I hope that you gain from them. I'm going to begin by telling you his story. Having completed that story, then we will add the details and see what the spiritual fulfillment is. But keep in mind, I've known this brother for, I don't know, eight years. We've spent some wonderful time together. And I've heard these things before, but it was only recently that they became very real as far as what Yahweh was doing. Not just real, but very revealing as well. Tommy is a black man, a son in a family where there are 12 children, six boys and six girls. It was a very difficult childhood in that his father would drink on the weekends and so would his mother. And eventually it caused separation. Interestingly, Tommy honored his father in all of this. All of his brothers had been in prison. But Tommy has not. I think all of his sisters have been divorced. I'll just say, I think. I think that's what he said. But obviously, Yahweh had his hand on Tommy to prophesy. In reality, folks, Yahweh's got to bring good out of evil. 
and Yahweh chose Tommy to be a testimony to what he's going to do. He shared with me how his parents separated. His father and his mother, as I understand, they were in an argument one night, and the mother decided she was going to leave and she was going to take all the children with her. But Tommy and another brother hid so that they could not be found. And with 12 children, by the time they got down the road far enough, because they were walking, as I understand, she realized that Tommy and this other brother weren't there. They, in fact, hid, and whenever the family was gone, the other part of the family, they went and got in bed with their father and stayed with him. When Tommy shared this story, it was very close to my own heart. Because Yahweh has placed in my own heart an honor for my father. I've shared this before. I cannot remember one occasion in which I ever crossed or got into an argument with my father. Never. Gratefully, Yahweh put it in my heart to honor my father. Yahweh did the same thing for Tommy, and I think it's just Yahweh. I do believe there's a spiritual person inside of each one of us. That spiritual person knows things that our human brain does not know, and that we respond out of it. And like a gyroscope or something like that, you know, which they use for maintaining a direction, it keeps us in a path in which others may fall around us, but we don't. Others may succumb to things, but we don't. And it's the grace of God for it to be there. But Tommy stayed with his father, and he honored his father. He used that word exactly. He honored his father. As I said, his other five brothers all ended up in prison. His uh, sisters had marital problems. And Tommy ended up going into the military. He said he needed it very much because he needed that order, that discipline for his life. And he was very grateful for his military time. At one point, they asked him to go to Germany and serve in Germany. And he had to do it because otherwise it would be against him. And it was supposed to be a tenure in which he could take his wife and two children, a boy and a girl. But his wife did not want to go. He and his wife were having marital difficulties at that point, and she stayed. And he went to Germany. While he was there, Tommy and his wife continued to have difficulties, and she eventually divorced him. It was extremely hard on him. He was a Christian at that point, very faithful, seeking God. His wife divorced him and took the two children. It was very hard on him. But he eventually was resigned to it. And at some point, Yahweh spoke to him that whenever he was going to go back to America, that the first woman that he was introduced to would be his wife. And at the church that he was attending at that time in Germany, a woman from his church, and I think that she was, yes, as I recall, it was at a marriage seminar. But anyway, a woman came to him. Her name was uh, Sheila. So Sheila came up to him 
and spoke to him, when you go back to America, something is going to happen that's going to be very special for you. Well, Tommy knew exactly what she was talking about because the father had already spoken to him that the first woman he was introduced to would be his wife. And he was very conscious of that when she said that. And so with anticipation, he was going to go back to the U.S. The bishop at that church told Tommy to go to such and such church that he was familiar with in Alabama, to go to such and such church. And he felt like it was clear instruction. So when he got back to the United States, he went to this church And on the second occasion in which he was there, this woman who was a greeter at the front, you know, was a greeter whenever people come in, of course. And she said, oh, I've got someone that I want to introduce you to. Uh Uh-oh. Tommy's antennas were going up at this point because he was very aware that Yahweh has spoken to him that the first woman he was introduced to would be his wife. She took him to a woman and introduced him to her. And he knew that she would be his wife. But Tommy did something that really has tormented him. He met another woman there at the church, and he really liked her. And on two additional occasions... Yahweh spoke to him and said, you marry that girl that you met. And Tommy made the choice that he would not marry her. He was going to marry this other girl. And even right before the wedding, he knew he was doing wrong. But he made this choice. Just like I made the choice to not go into the ministry. And that pastor told me if God is called you to start the work that you need to finish it. And I said, no, I'm going to go back to school. Well, Tommy was making the same choice. He was choosing to do what he wanted to do. And when the wedding day came, he knew it wasn't right, but he did it. Tommy and his wife have subsequently had three girls. Like I said, I met Tommy probably eight years ago. I can remember the first time I talked with him on the phone. Oh, you know what? It's been longer than eight years. Now that I think about it, when I talked with him, I was in, a, I was in a, the state of Washington. So it's probably been as much as 12 years ago now. But as you might imagine, it's always a nagging thing for him, knowing that he did not marry the woman that Yahweh told him to marry. And honestly, their marriage has been difficult. Now, he's faithful as a husband, and he's faithful as a father. They homeschool their three girls. He's a devoted father and a faithful husband. But you can only imagine that with this nagging concern and with some difficulties that have arisen in that relationship, and that is why he is brought this up to me several times, trying to reconcile it and being concerned about temptation that comes with difficulty in marriage. And I'll tell you something else about our relationship. I said it's been 
probably 12 years. But on three separate occasions, Tommy has rejected me and walked away from me and bride on three different occasions. When we were talking recently, I said, you know, you have rejected me four times. And he said, no, I've actually rejected you three. And whenever I thought back, I said, yes, because the first one was actually real close together. So, yes, there have been three times he's rejected me. And, of course, three times, three times he rejected the Father's will. So he felt very much like a Peter, that you will deny me three times before the cock crows. Now, you're beginning to understand the agony that this brother has had in how to reconcile all of this in knowing he missed God. I mean, when I realized that I had missed God, and it cost me seven years of my life, I was, <laughs> I was grieved. And it has given me resolve. But Tommy didn't have a resolution to this, and it has made his life difficult. And we were talking recently about this. And I began to see what Yahweh was doing. Now, let me add the spiritual element of this entire thing. Now, keep in mind, the subject of this is that we fail. Yahweh God lets us fail. In fact, he even designs failure. That first bird was going to die. No matter what we own, it was going to die. We fail to ensure that we do not fail in the second thing, the true fulfillment. That is what Yahweh does through failure. The first bird ensures the success and the deliverance of the second bird having been dipped in the blood of the first. You already see in his life that something spiritual is going on here. Tommy denied Yeshua three times and would not marry the first woman that he was introduced to when he came back to the States. Tommy's had three girls. And Tommy has denied me three times. Now he's back, obviously. And I hope. There's no change from here. <laughs> and I will say, too, Tommy is a black man. And you say, well, why did you bring that up, Gary? Well, <laughs> because the black man carried Yeshua's cross. Christianity was begun out of Antioch, which was a church formed by two black men. Where are we seeing our success in bride right now? Among black men in Africa. So we've got a testimony here that is obviously God-designed. He's speaking. Now, in taking these pieces of the puzzle, let me add something else. Do you remember the name of the lady who told him that whenever he went back to America, that Yahweh had something really special for him? And he knew what she was talking about. Her name was Sheila. And what I haven't told you is that the woman that he was introduced to, that he would have married, 
that he should have married. And by the way, another point about her, that lady never married ever. She was never married after that because Tommy was supposed to have been her husband. Do you know what her name was? Her name was Sheila. Now I'll ask you, what do you know from the scriptures about Sheila? Sheila was the third son of Judah. He represented the third part of the Judah priesthood church. And when the blind man was healed by Yeshua, by anointing his eyes with clay and sending him to a pool to wash in, that the name of that pool was the pool of Siloam or the pool of Shelah. Siloam is the Greek word. Shelah is the Hebrew word. It's the third part of the church. It's the bride in the third part of the church. And here a woman tells him in Germany, there is something very special for you when you get back. Tommy knew what it was. Her name was Sheila, and the first woman he met was Sheila. What is Yahweh saying? You see, Tommy failed, just like I failed and didn't go into the ministry when Yahweh called me. Tommy failed, and he has denied me three times. He denied Yahweh three times, and he has three daughters. What is the message? Here's the message. Tommy, don't miss this one. Pay attention. Do not miss this one. You failed in the natural. That's the first bird. Tommy, in the spiritual, do not miss me. This is the Shelah period of the church. Be attentive. Be successful. You sowed loss in a Shelah. Do not lose this one. In fact, the loss of Shelah ensures his success in Shelah. He had five brothers. They all, have all gone to prison. Yahweh has preserved him. And he has three sweet daughters which to me represents the third part of the church and the fulfillment, the bride. And when Peter denied Yeshua, and Peter couldn't believe that he did it, he even said, no, it will never happen. It did. He denied him. Tommy denied Yeshua three times. But even so, Yeshua said, when you return, Strengthen the brethren. I am very encouraged by Tommy's testimony. He's a bride brother. He's a black bride brother. And there's more to it than that. There were two bride brothers, two black bride brothers, 
who were with us for a number of years. One of them's not here anymore. His name is Stanley Batten. I've spoken about two birds. One dies so that the other can ascend alive. These two black brothers, and they've been in my home a number of times. I can remember them praying together when we were praying for Yahweh to reverse a curse off the different aspects of this nation and all society. On September 11, September 11, the same day of the anniversary of the fall of the Twin Towers, on September 11, 2010, Stanley Batten suddenly died. They found him dead and cold on the floor. Two bride brothers. One died, and one remains alive. And he bears the testimony of having failed once. But today he's preserved alive with the testimony of Shelah. Here's our hope, folks. It's the same hope that Tommy has. And that is that Yahweh has performed everything according to his pleasure and according to his design. And because of loss, going all the way back to the first remnant, that bird died. Stanley and Tommy are men. The first remnant was a work that has equally died just like Stanley did on September 11. And just like Tommy did not marry Sheila. You see, Yahweh is testifying what he's doing in our lives. It's his thumbprint, if you would. And today, we cannot fail. You say, you mean we have to be resolved? Absolutely, we have to be resolved. But the fact is, Yahweh is performing this work. I went to Africa, the black men of Africa, cursed Africa. I went to Africa for three months. When I left, I hoped that the seed would remain. Folks, it not only remained, it is absolutely flourishing in Africa right now. I can't keep pace with it, the fact of the matter is. I pray Tommy is successful in the bride. He's denied me three times. When you return, strengthen the brethren. Tommy has this testimony imprinted on his life. But it's for all of us. We are all black men. We are all cursed. And we need Yahweh's grace upon us to do what he alone can do. And from everything I see and understand, it is his timing to accomplish it. It is the Shelah period of the church. And even though it was the first person you meet, you're going to marry her. And he chose not to. That's the first bird. Folks, we got 2,000 years of the church. That work's gone. But today, it's the spiritual fulfillment that is so critically important. And we have to be diligent all the more 
and seek him all the more and look to him to fulfill his word all the more in this day. That is our hope that Tommy is a testimony concerning what the Father is doing and will fulfill today. I also find it uh, quite interesting that Tommy's name is actually Thomas. That You know Thomas in the scriptures. He came up later to be persuaded that Yeshua did rise from the dead. You remember? We called him Doubting Thomas. I don't call Tommy Doubting. And so I can't help but think about Stanley, and here's Tommy, and he is the second bird of the first bird, and that he does believe in the end. He said, I will not believe unless I put my finger in his hand and my hand in his side. And that's really the two-part bride, finger in the hand, would be the first remnant and finger in the side or hand in the side would be the second remnant coming out of the side, you know, the birth of the bride. But all of this is extremely interesting and very hopeful. Very hopeful that this is indeed the Shelah period. And we're going to see the return of Yeshua. And indeed, it's going to be a time of strengthening the brethren. This is what we've attempted to do in Africa, is that work explodes across the continent. It's to strengthen the brethren. And I would ask you to help us financially to do so. That's my main function right now. I went over there and taught for three months. But these brothers can do things that I can't do. And there are a lot more of them than just me now. Many, many, many. And I need your help to strengthen the brethren. You say, well, I can't go to Africa. No, but you can Go by providing for those in Africa and helping them. Tommy would love to go to Africa and to be a part of that. He wants to serve Yahweh, but he also knows to wait on him. And that's what we're doing right now, waiting on him. And hopefully we're going to see the latter rain come this 2017. And hopefully it's going to be on May 31. And that last podcast It talks about how 2019 could well be the time in which we would ascend alive. And that would actually be my 50th wedding anniversary, my golden anniversary. I missed my parents because of a vow. I missed celebrating their 50th wedding anniversary. And I hope 2019 is going to be our golden anniversary and that we will ascend alive. So with all of this, there is great hope. Tommy's testimony is given to us by the hand of God. It didn't come by the design of man. We are here seeing Yahweh's back as he is going before us and performing his works. I've seen his back in my life, and clearly we are seeing Yahweh's back in Tommy's life. And we look to him who's the only one who can perform all of this and fulfill it. And that is the Father. 
So we take hope. I hope you've enjoyed this testimony. We look to Yahweh to fulfill his word. In the name of Yeshua. Amen.